Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Like a dog who's gone insane, you're putting me down, down, down. And those of you who doubted me are going down, down, down. And the record man who never called, can you hear what's going on? I'm coming. Welcome to this week's episode of Married with Movies. I'm one of your hosts, Samantha Mullet. Sitting next to me on the couch is your other host, my beautiful husband, Chris Mullet. I'm sitting over here just biting my nails like, oh yeah, I should probably turn and talk to you and face you. And Oh, it's fine. I'm like asleep. <laughs> you have no right. You've fallen asleep at least four times today. It's, fu- it's fine. So we were in the car so fucking much today. Yeah, okay. So the, how can you blame me for that? It's you like should I be felt- wide awake. Huh? You should be wide awake. I'm not driving. Why? No, I'm not talking about you should be wide awake while driving. You should be wide awake right now because you haven't done anything. No, I've done a lot. What have you done? You've gotten a a massage. You've gotten a massage. Yeah. You've walked through like two stores. Yeah. I'm exhausted. All the time. That's not normal. That's not good. All you do is sleep and play your stupid little wizards of puzzle place games. That's not a thing. You sleep. That's it. I sleep a lot. Did I say sleep? Yeah. You sleep. That's fine. And then you're always tired, and it's annoying. Well, that's just life. Great. It's October fifth, twenty twenty-two. If you're new here, I sleep. Yep. And I bitch about it. And in and between, we're married. In between all of that, yeah, that means we're married. We've been together fifteen fucking years. And you didn't say it like that. Like you're upset about it. We just had that conversation today. About what? About if we had never gotten together, you wouldn't have Jillian. And the world would be a much darker place. Yeah, we all make sacrifices. And in between all of this, we talk about a random movie we've watched from our massive movie collection. Um, it's been a week, as always. It's so, always a week. There's always something happening here. So we are... Which is physically and mentally exhausting, which is why I always sleep. Full circle. Which means I never can sleep because I have to be awake to like take care of everything and like yeah. live life. You don't do shit. You're going to stay up and watch cats. I don't do shit. No, I'm just kidding. You Look do at a what lot. I've done you do this a week. Lot. I, know. I have single handedly prepared single-handedly. all of our toys. Basically. Because I was actually working. Making money. I have a busy job. I made money while being paid to not work. Because I took vacation this week to work on the house. I've been to Lowe's like 930 times this week. Uh, fuck you, Lowe's on West Colonial Drive. Oh yeah, in that Lowe's sucks. Fucking Orlando, Florida. Or Coe, Florida. Whatever the fuck you want to classify it. I'm trying to get my toy room ready. I'm getting our toys ready for the show. I've gone up my, all my feet, all my feet, all, all two of them fucking hurt, my legs hurt, I've carried, and pulled, and I've done a bunch of stuff while dealing with you. Hey! And then today, we thankfully were able to get a nice massage. 
and still ran errands, and then we surprised Jillian with a trip to Fun Spot, which is like Orlando's permanent fair, I guess if you want to call it, and did all the rides she wanted to do, and fucking the Fun House, getting jarred around, because that's the funniest thing of her, is <laughs> me getting fucking beat up. <laughs> and yeah, it's, it's a lot. And here we are, last minute recording for the movie that we watched on Monday night. Why are you getting mad at me? I did all those uh, same things with you. I was with you every every step of the way. No comment. So yeah, so here we are, finally getting around to this after, uh, what did we do this past weekend too? This past weekend was busy. Oh yeah, we had a, a four-year-old's birthday party with a bounce house and all kinds of other stuff, and then we ran errands Sunday until like... 10 o'clock at night. At Lowe's again. I Not that Lowe's. A good go, 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 go. Look, man, if you don't want to adult... I don't. Get out of here. You don't... Samantha, you're not adulting. I'm you're literally sleeping. in a Vera blanket... The Vera Bradley blanket... All my good blankets are Vera Bradley. They're, they make excellent blankets. Yeah, they're worth I the money. Yeah, I buy them for you for Christmas every fucking year. Because they're worth the year. money. It's great. Thank you. It's a, the gift that keeps on giving. I see you're also covered in a Vera Bradley blanket. Yeah. You are nine and a half seconds away from sleep every waking fucking moment of this conversation. Of my life. Specifically this conversation. You know how, the, you know how Bruce Banner, his secret to being Hulk is that he's always angry? Mm-hmm. My secret to living is that I'm always sleeping. Cool, but you're not the fucking Hulk. You're I'm the Hulk of sleep. You're the sulk. No, that mean, it would mean that I'm like sad all the time. I'm not sad. I'm just tired. There's a difference. We watched Get Him to the Greek, so we're going to start talking about this. I hate this conversation, this. and I hate what we're doing. You mean life, or? I played the fifth. You don't even know at this point that up front, when mm-hmm. before we talk about the movie, we talk about anything else we fucking did and any other movie we fucking watched. Well, did you watch any other movies? We watched fucking Hocus Pocus oh, two, yeah, like two watched... days ago. That's right. Something we've been waiting 30 fucking years for. I know, you I've can't been... even be present enough to engage well, in that conversation. You don't need to be so aggressive. Someone's got to be energetic and aggressive here. I'm plenty energetic. People are entertained by me. Your eyes are closed. No, they're that's just how they look. And how would you know your eyes are always closed? That makes no sense. That's how you look. <laughs> Whenever you smile in a picture, your eyes shut. <laughs> Please stop staring at me like that. What did you think of Hocus Pocus 2 that we watched with our daughter? I mean, I waited 30 years for it. Probably- Wonderful analysis, I Ebert! Probably- <laughs> I waited 30 years for it, so it didn't live up to my expectations. But I'll tell you, I think Bette Miller's incredible for being that old and still doing all that stuff, but you could tell that this was 30 years later. So I had no, I had low expectations for it because, look, we're in the age of every fucking sequel that takes forever. Every sequel that doesn't even take forever. It's not as good as the original, and it's just let things you know live and breathe but i was hoping that because of how much of a passion project it was for the the parties involved that it would you know have some oomph to it and it, i 
I've already forgotten about it. It is just the most passable. It just it doesn't. It was it was a Disney Channel original mm-hmm, movie mm-hmm. with a little bit more of a budget and a little bit more. There's a couple like mind numbingly bad things about it yes. that just I really bother me. A couple chuckles. I and mean, that's yeah. about it. I mean, the three main characters are giving it their all. That's and you know like I saw it. I, I will probably never pay attention to it again. I'm sure Julian will want to watch it. I never have to see yeah, that again. Yeah, never have to. Ever. It, it, it lacked a total... It didn't live up to the ...sense to the of charm and irreverence as the first one does. Yes, that's a great, I, great, great analysis. I'm trying to figure it out how to voice my main complaint without potentially giving away a big piece of the movie. If, if you don't want to hear a potentially... I'm going to try to phrase it in a specific way, but if you don't want to infer a spoiler of Hocus Pocus 2 over the next 90 seconds, skip over it. My biggest problem is the problem I've having with all Disney movies, I would say over the past five, maybe even ten years at this point, Mm. there's this gray area as it relates to, like, conflict and specifically villainy. So... Like, no movie is allowed to have, like, a true and true bad guy anymore. And in Hocus Pocus, where the Sanderson sisters in the first movie literally are sucking the souls out of children. Mm-hmm. And in this movie, they get, like, a sympathetic turn. And at the end, are trying to, like, pull on your heartstrings. In this, it works a little bit because of like the nostalgia of seeing the characters and like seeing them again and then them kind of going out on like a positive note. But it's like, that's not true to the story. That's not true to the characters. Also, that's not true to fucking life. There are bad fucking villains. There are bad fucking people in the world. So like, why are we shielding children? And why are we making stories about like, well, the real con, the real villain is like, family issues and like it's how many fucking movies have we had as a late where like yeah that's what it is not a villain there's not a villain or like the villain is like inner strife the villain is standing up to your grandmother or your mother and it's like what the fuck is wrong with these yeah what bad childhoods do these people have well a lot of people have bad know childhood. who fucking jafar is a villain fucking shere khan is a villain ursula is a ursula villain. gaston like those are bad fucking people Doing bad fucking things, and they and get they their comeuppance at the don't end. Don't have redemption arcs. It went. It went in like waves. So like it used to be like there was a villain in the movie, and it's gonna fall off a cliff, or he's gonna fucking die, or something. And then it became okay, but there's villains, but like we're not gonna kill him anymore. Like Pixar definitely got in that. Like all the Toy Story villains, and you know, like the, they always have like they get their moment, but then you know, even Frozen, like Hans, he just gets arrested, you know. And now, like, there's not even any fucking bad guys. And it just... Even if they're preconceived bad guys. Like, I don't want to see... Again, so I've worn 90 seconds. Maybe another five seconds. I don't need to see fucking book crying. Like, come on! That book has spells to kill children. Why am I sympathizing with book? Because, I mean, it's book. It's stupid. It's fucking stupid. So, if you can get through that... 
it's totally fine, but you don't have to fucking see it. It's bad enough Jillian's going to watch it again. Oh, my mom did already watch it as well. She's like, yeah, it was fine. Oh, I thought she was going to wait and watch it with Jillian. No, no, she watched it. So I guess they're going to watch it again tomorrow. I don't know. We'll see. Okay. We'll see. Um, so I think that's it, right? I even forgot about it, so I'm going to say that's it. Cool. Well, uh, just like we forgot about when we watched Forgetting Sarah Marshall on a whim a couple weeks ago uh, to, you know, any of our gimmicks that we weren't able to complete, I just grabbed a quick movie and then you realize, oh, wait, isn't there technically a sequel to that? And I was like, oh, shit, you're right. So, as part of our wrap it up uh, edict going forward, we wrapped it up and we watched Get Him to the Greek, which is the spiritual successor to Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Um which we were going to watch last week, but then we watched Casper. Long story. So, Samantha, please read the package for the movie we were discussing today. Get him to the Greek. Get him to the Greek. Brazenly funny. That's one. Why? You just like slur. You're like brazenly. I said brazenly funny. It sounded weird, but okay. Said David Denby, the New Yorker. Okay. <laughs> going to take the whole box out no. of my hand. Jonah Hill and Russell Brand reunite with the director of Forgetting Sarah Marshall in this outrageous comedy about Aaron Green Hill, an aspiring music executive who has 72 hours to deliver the wild rock legend Aldous Snow Brand from London to Los Angeles for a comeback concert. In order to keep his job, Aaron must navigate a minefield of mayhem and debauchery to get snow to the world-famous Greek theater on time. From the producer of Knocked Up and Superbad comes the movie that's a raunchous, rowdy good time. That's what Says Ty Burr, the Boston Globe. It's raucous. It's a raunchous. <laughs> it's a raucous. So I got one. One, yeah. Which means the score is... Drum roll, please. I have 22. You have 23. Okay, it's so one behind. Okay. <sighs> so, uh, we'll probably, you know. Oh, I don't have my notes. So, if, if the if the audio quality is a little bit different, it's because... My iPad took a big shit. That's 4% now. Yeah. So, we're recording off of my phone instead of the usual iPad. I gotta get a new one, I think. And I don't have my normal notes on my phone. So, that sucks. I think I can still... It'll still record. Yes, it'll still record as I pull up my notes. Let me make sure. Yes. Okay. So, it is fine. Um, it's just going to be weird. Okay. Um... So, Are you sure you're okay with the microphone pa- facing towards me instead of... Oh, of course not, but that's fine. Ah, uh, okay. I'll deal with it. Um, okay. Yeah, because I have a lot of notes. Uh, I love this movie. Um, this movie's a great movie. It's a great, rewatchable continuance of... As we were just shooting over sequels. Right. Comedy sequels we found on this show have been hit or miss, even kind of in the same Apatow universe. This, very true, very true. This works because it just plucks one character and puts them in a different, you know, light, a different focus. There's also, like, we've seen, you know, in the past, you take the supporting character and you 
give them more time. And it's like, well, do we really need more time with, you know, X, Y, Z? And in this case, 100% we did. Absolutely. Um, even if it is totally the opposite, and maybe one of my minor complaints about the movie is the fact that you take the character and you f- totally flip him on his ear. You undo. You undo what all. We knew. You undo all the positive of the first movie because in the first one we talked about like, God damn it, he's just such a great guy just and a, a fun you, like, you can't help living that, life. You can't help but love him even though he's like you know helping you know somebody cheat and this that or the other and this you know they do the rock star you know downward spiral story. To the effect of, you know, you need to have some kind of conflict, but also, you know, by the end of the movie to show, you know, kind of a point about fame and, you know, uh, excess, excess and, and, you know, the effect it has. And I, I think the message of this movie is really good. It is. It very much is. I, I, I will immediately go against what I just said about Disney movies and Hocus Pocus and all that trend. And that another little nitpick I have is that I don't like how, you know, it, near the end of the movie, we have two characters that we really, really enjoy throughout the movie, you know, kind of become, you know, bad people to a, an extent that, you know, you can't really, they, they don't get, um, what's the phrase I'm looking for? They don't get redeemed in any way. And what they do is kind of shitty, both uh, Jackie Q and Sergio, like, you know lying to Aldous and enabling Aldous doing all that like it's kind of left on like a rotten note for them but yeah, I, but it's I kind of that. it's it's kind of the point um all that aside yeah there's it's just fucking it's it's just a fucking funny ass movie it's just a fun it movie it really is it's a fun movie it's it's got a lot of funny parts and it does have a lot of heart in it um and the journey just shows that and and I really enjoy enjoy watching that yeah, it's it's funny because I would normally be kind of complaining about a lot of the sense of it all. So, like, it immediately takes Jonah Hill and just ignores the fact that he was in Forgetting Shar Marshall. I mean, they very easily could have thrown in, like, oh, my twin brother used to work in Hawaii or whatever. And they don't. It's just, like, he's just another guy, and, you know, it, it sure. fucking works. Um, and, like, the time the time frame of it all makes absolutely no sense. So, Inside of You was already around 10 years prior, because he sings it at the Greek, right? Yes. But in Forgetting Star Marshall, it's kind of like a new song, because, like, it's on Access Hollywood as, like, Infant Sorrow's, like, new, like, song, right? With a music video? I think so. Yeah, and so this takes place three or four years, if that. Yeah. Before. Um, And then the show, like, like they announced the show, like, a couple days in advance. (laughs) Like, they go on the Today Show to announce, like, oh, yeah, they're going to do the Greek in two days. Like, that's not how concerts work. <laughs> that's not how, like, there's no way you'd sell that many tickets and do that sort of promotion. And he, they would tell him, like, three days in advance. Um, and also, like, there's never any development or, like, uh, elaboration on, like, Infant Sorrow as a band. Like, it's a band. Like, Eldest Snow is not Infant Sorrow. Like, he has anybody else. 
so then that's just it. <laughs> like they like they never introduce a single member. You never know who anybody else is. It's shocking that they don't because like that'd be the kind of thing where like oh just dump David Crumholtz and John C. Riley, you know, like other people as part of like sure. like the little crew. Um, and it's also the first time he's apparently performed live in three years, but he hasn't been off the wagon in three years. It, it's all it's a mess. Like if you like really sit and like look at it, and I, right? I don't think anyone has ever so, given it as much consideration as you just have in the last thirty but, and seconds. The, and so that's my that's my point. Like I was like every time something came up in the movie, I went back to this little section of my notes and was just like, oh yeah, but like what about this, that, and the other? And then I, I would not even finish my sentiment because I was too busy laughing at you know other things that were happening in the movie. So it, it's just a testament to this movie that it can be that funny and force you to turn your brain off and just enjoy the relationships and the lines and the scenes and whatnot. So that's, I just had to point that out. Okay. No, no, that's good. I'm glad that's where you went with it and you weren't going to get further into the of the, uh, all the snow, uh, timeline here. No, I mean, it's, I mean, just from the jump, you're already kind of off because, like, the opening montage, I think he's still saying, like, he's been sober for seven years. So that would implicate that it's immediately after getting to the Greek or immediately after forgetting Sarah Marshall. Um, but you like, it's, who cares? It's a fucking silly comedy. It's not like I'm trying to track this, you know, like a murder mystery. You know what I mean? Um, do you have a favorite scene? I have so many favorite scenes. Well, let me, let me hear. I have so many favorite scenes because this movie just. It is so bizarre, but it works so well because it is all in that rock star kind of vein. Um, I love any scene with Sergio. I think it was the most appropriately cast role ever. Yeah, so Diddy crushes in this movie. It was so fun. I love just everything, just... The the meeting in the boardroom, like, it, you know, them going over everything. That meeting is wild because... It's so wild who's in that. Yeah. Who is sitting there. Like, that's... It's not the best scene. Like, it, no, it, it's it, not it, a it feels, great scene. It feels pretty forced, to be perfectly but honest. But so insane. You have Aziz and Nick Kroll and Ellie Kemper. And then, of course, still Jonah Hill and uh, Diddy. You have... Uh, is it Jake Johnson? No, the other one. The fuck's his name? Who is it? Jake Johnson, the guy in the middle who has to throw a cell phone. Is that Jake Johnson? I don't know if that's. Jake I think Johnson. it's Jake Johnson. Uh, you have uh, what's her name? I think her name's Callie Hawk, who doesn't even has a fucking line in the scene, just like Ellie Kemper really doesn't. You have uh, the big fat black guy from Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Mm-hmm. Like you just have all these fucking like characters, um, and it's just a showcase for fucking diddy (laughs) it's it's just great and he kills it just every every line is just amazing he he, every time he comes on the phone calls just everything it's big as loser time it's It's big big as losers time it's daddy's favorite show show. like it's amazing it's just it's it's just a well-rounded character you know do you have any idea how many air jordans (laughs) six black kids wear like it's just so funny. It's so, like, it just feels so genuine. He, he does. Re- well, because do you remember, so you remember making the band, right? I do remember making so, the band. So 
I, I don't remember if it was the first it. season or the second season. Well, that's what everyone remembers about making the band is fucking Chappelle's is Chappelle's show. Take on it, yeah. But I want to say, didn't he also have that like assistant show? He had another show that wasn't making the band where it was like Diddy's looking for an assistant. And I think the first episode, he had um, like interviews. And like for some of the interviews, he would just like run a gimmick where he's like, this, this interview, I'm not going to fucking talk. There's another interview where like he's just eating like an apple the whole time. Like he's doing wild ass shit. I just want to watch it. And it's just like, what has happened? Like they basically just told him to like be that Diddy in this. And it's like to the nth Amazing. It's so funny. So like every scene with him cracks me up. I think he does it so so He's, well. Like you and can really, argue and I really love the um like the bloopers. Um, oh, yeah. Because cussing every other word. Do this one without cussing. <laughs> yeah, he's... So great. He is maybe, this might be hyperbole, he is just as equal to me as, as uh, I almost said Elton Brand, Jesus Christ, the basketball player. Russell Brand is in the first one in terms of everything he says yeah. and does is yeah. amazing and funny. There are moments, unfortunately, where like it's like, oh, he's not acting as well, but it's it's fucking fine. It's Diddy, right? Uh, but he just makes me laugh out loud in this movie constantly. So the the one of the first scenes I have is, you know, when Joan Hill calls about putting the drugs up his ass, and that's when you know he's at home, you know, with the mm-hmm. family and stuff. Just that. The whole 10 minutes is just fucking great. It's hilarious. <laughs> of him having to sneeze and him with the drugs up his ass. And then, like, th- another, like, little nitpick about this movie is the movie will be riding on a pretty good high, no pun intended, of content. And then, like, a scene ends or another scene begins it's like a really odd or like weird tone but it's purposeful because it like kind of grounds it in being real so like the way that the drug scene ends is when Russell Brand like goes off on him and is like you know when he when and when Jonah Hill like busts the bag of heroin open like he's like threatening to fuck him up and yelling at him and like kind of tweaking out a little bit like it's weird that like we just went through like the ten minutes of ha ha he he with how this is, right? But it's also very real. Like that's to me was a, a natural reaction is to like what a, a rock star drug addict would do if that happened. It was very yeah, it yeah, felt very real. So I definitely agree with you on most Sergio scenes, and that that's one of them. I mean, the 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 number one one, the Jeffrey. Fu- uh, furry wall scene. Fucking the furry wall. Like that whole Vegas scene when Sergio comes in and Russell Brand and his dad. Like to me, it is an all time comedy scene from just like. Just stroke the wall. Just to stroke the wall. <laughs> Why is life this about to cover my whole fucking house on this? I love it. And it's like the way that the adrenaline I think is that shot. We should do that. Close up what? We're not done decorating the house. I'm not going to cover my house in a furry wall. Um, like the way the adrenaline shot and how close up and then. I think, like, honestly, as great as Forgetting Sir Marshall is, there is nothing as funny in Forgetting Sir Marshall as, like, the 15 seconds of them running down the hallway. Like, every line. This is the longest hallway ever. It's Kubrickian. It's just, fuck your luggage. We'll get you new luggage. This is the longest hallway ever. It's just 
so fucking funny. I love that scene. And then that Diddy running after them. It's just yeah, it's that's, just fucking that's hilarious. A great scene. Um, so that's definitely one. I love the I love the opening montage, like setting up African Child, which is definitely it's probably one of like three things that have aged the worst in this movie. Um, well, it, I think it was intentional. Uh, well, that's what I meant. Like, so. it, it, like that's the least of all of them because it was. It's making a point right. of like that is what that character that we left him. That's the hubris and that's the fame and that's what yeah. you try to do to make a point into him going off the wagon and the tabloid spectacle behind it. Like it sets the tone very quickly. Like I was shocked again how quickly this movie gets into its shit. Like within ten minutes, like. I feel like Jonah Hill is in England, like getting out of this. You know what I mean? Like it, it wastes no fucking time because there's so many times, there's so many other things it needs to accomplish. So I love, I love that. Um, and then the, I think my number one thing that like I want to make sure people are clear about this movie. Um, is the music that they create for the movie is legitimately great. It really like, is. They do a great job. In the first, in Forgetting Sarah Marshall, it's kind of like a ha-ha, hee-hee, you know, wink and a nod to those cheesy, soft rock yeah. bands, right? Like, Inside of You and We've Got to Do Something. You know, like, you know those bands. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And in this, they yeah. establish, like, how, you know, kind of great, infant sorrow is with like this brand of music and they legitimately make like they have a full like album which i have on yes, on and we've listened it. to it before going up and the clap and bangers beans and mash and um there's another one i'm forgetting like those are just legitimately good rock songs yes. and russell brand does a good job of giving off that legit legit rock star vibe. He did it in the first movie just from, like, his aura and, like, you know, his attitude or his laissez-faire, you know, nature. But in this one, like, when he's on stage and he's kind of prancing around and interacting with the crowd and doing the poses and the facial expressions and stuff, like, you, like, for fucking forget that he's a comedic actor. Like, it's like... That just fucking works. That just yeah, fucking makes sense. Absolutely. So when he does the Today Show uh, performance, which would be another great scene because of Jonah Hill, like, basically being high and drunk out of his mind, running around trying to figure everything out, puke on him. Um, like, that scene, and then the final scene where he does going up and you see him performing, you know, with the Greek. Like, those really do get the job done. They're, they, yes, they tell the story. They, like, it is worth the journey basically like you're going through this to see that performance and it's worth it like you see it it's great and i really love the scene that goes on right before him going up on the stage where he has that heart to heart you know like mm. he's jumped off the pool like he's he nails that arm, scene and he's just like it's all i have he's like i'm lonely man i'm lonely but this is what i have yeah. like i have to go out there because they love me mm-hmm you know, and, and I think, like, that purpose is, is what this movie's about, is, like, what's your purpose and, like, finding yeah. your happiness with your purpose in spite of your purpose, whatever, or however you want to take it. But I think that's really beautiful. And I forgot also to mention that my most favorite of Sergio's lines, I own 21 kookaroos. Did you ever go to a kookaroo? 
<laughs> no, I don't even know what Kukuru is. Kukuru is this chicken restaurant. My mom, my grandmother, and I would go every Sunday. Are they still open? No, no, no. They've closed in like the nine, early 2000s. So how did he own 20 Kukuru's in 2011? I don't know. But I love that scene. It's so funny. I own 21 Kukuru's. It was really funny. I was a lot. I'm Sergio going to be fine. No, Kukuru's bankrupt, Sergio. <laughs> no, I don't fucking love Africans. <laughs> it's like his bluntness and anger in that scene is just fucking hysterical to me. Um, is there any scene or anything you don't particularly like about the movie? I could have done without the, the father-son turmoil. I didn't need the father scenes. I, I, I get it. I, I like them because, I mean, you needed them to get to the Jeffrey furry wall. I like Colmini in terms of, like, sure. him kind of, like, you know, like, doing the Jeffrey stuff. And, like, I think he does a good job with that character. Sure, but, you know, okay. I did not need any of the uh, Daphne stuff. Yeah, which I know that, that's a li- kind of need. But, and, and Elizabeth Moss is a fantastic actress. I just think that she was uh, an afterthought in this. Of course, yeah. The it's, character. I mean, it's one her. of these movies, and the female gets the short end of the stick. Yeah, yeah. Like, because both her and then Rose Byrne, like I said, like her Rose character Byrne. ends up so negatively yes, connotated because she's lied to Aldous for all these years about, you know, his son. And I didn't like that it went to that extreme, like taking his son away from him just wasn't funny it wasn't not fair because also they try to like play it up for a laugh somewhat when he's like not wanting to be called dad anymore and you know it's just it's just weird but yeah, yeah. It, it, it's hurtful there's to an extent yeah and i don't like it when it's like mean spirited yeah exactly and it felt mean spirited like yeah i didn't like it when it was mean spirited like it's one thing if it's like a comedy haha but it felt mean spirited yeah um, yeah, the con, the forced conflict with Elizabeth Moss's character, definitely, I think those scenes and that kind of drags, um, yeah. you know, you have to keep going back to it when he's doing something with another girl on the road and her reaction to it. And one of them will apologize to the other. And then the other one, you know, gets angry about something else. And even beforehand, like establishing how different their lives are and what, you know, what strain they're already under because of her schedule and his career, you know, it just gets, you know, the only thing that really positively comes from it is the famous uh, Jonah Hill gif of him reacting to the Mars Volta <laughs> song. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that's about it. And then the threesome scene is, is fun. There, like, there is a, a, enough funny about that, but it's just maybe a little too odd. Like it's, Very odd. it's, it's kind of out there, especially when you consider who's in that scene. Like, you have multi-time Academy Award nominee Jonah Hill. You have multi-time Emmy winner Elizabeth Olsen. And then you have Russell Brand in his underwear. Elizabeth just, Moss. What did I say? I said Elizabeth Olsen, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah, whatever. Because of Peggy Olsen, that's why. Yeah, um, yeah. I figured that's what it yeah. was. Uh, it's, it, yeah, it's a little awkward. Um, of course, also, the, the rape scene hasn't aged well at all. Uh, when uh, Destiny, you know, is... Yeah, with the dildo. You know, doing the dildo stuff. I hate that there's so much funny in that scene still. Yeah. Uh, it, just it, because I, mean, I don't because, like laughing at it. Well, because Car- Carla Gallo is like one of those underrated as hell, you know, yeah. that girl supporting co- comedic actresses. Like she's been in all these movies and she's always doing something wild. And in this, she's just as wild and just as funny. Um, but 
Jonah Hill in that scene is is maybe one of my favorite reactions. Every single line as subdued as, hey, all right, so put that away, right? <laughs> like the way he says that. And then Randy Quaid, she says, she says uh, you remind me of Dennis Quaid. And he goes, Randy Quaid, maybe. <laughs> and then, of course, you know, like the unfortunate, you know, him getting shoved in his face and his mouth and then his butt, even though I think he was wearing his underwear. A lot of, I hate to say this out loud, but a lot of uh, the way the things enter places and get removed from places don't also make makes a lot of sense. Like Jonah Hill's butthole is just way too easily accessible in this movie in too many pla- too many portions or moments. Um, have you ever had somebody try to put? I have not had anything on my butt. Thank you very much. Well, then how do you know? How I'm easy just guessing. It is? I'm just guessing. Let's let's try it. Let's go get some heroin. Let's go get a bag of heroin. That's another. <laughs> So when he goes to get heroin from a clean-cut T.J. Miller, who ends up getting stabbed by an awkwardly casted Neil Brennan, um, that's just like that was all very strange. It's just like a, it's just a totally throwaway two minutes that I don't know why is there. Yeah. Um, I guess it's just there for the casino way joke. I don't know. Um, yeah. So that's the stuff I kind of necessarily don't like, and it does get a little too dark, like. You know, Aldous Snow still tries to kill himself at the end of this movie. <laughs> like, you know, sure, he tries to jump, he's jumping into the pool, but he's still jumping. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, absolutely. I also like how this movie, we talked about how it handles fame, but also how it kind of sends up a lot of current Hollywood at the time. So as an example, the uh, the Ring Around Rosie song, whatever it was, it's directed by Brett Ratner, which is really funny. Oh, man. <laughs> if you know what a piece of shit Brett Ratner is, uh, I don't think he really was known as, as much of a piece of shit when this happened. So I don't know if that was purposeful or not, but um, it tackles, it handles that, and also it, it deals with, um, I don't know, just kind of the, the odd nature of fame like i was thinking about everyone always talked about this the other day but um was talking about how i wanted to be a you know a writer as, as a profession you know write movies or you know books or be famous for writing right mm-hmm. and i never really like wondered you know besides the fact that i, I feel like i'm good at it and i enjoy it what are some of the underlying reasons as to why? And I think one of them was because you get to retain some of your uh, anonymity. Did I say that right? Mm-hmm. Because like I could walk the like I you know no if I wrote you know the best original screenplay at the Oscars, like you know sure t- a few million people are going to see me on TV when I win that award, but unless I'm Name five famous screenwriters right now. Can, screenwriters, screenwriters or writer writers? Just screenwriters. Can you name me five famous screenwriters that aren't also like Quentin Tarantino oh. or Paul Thomas Anderson or like, you know, but even still, like well, you those couldn't. Those were two of the five I was going gonna to right. name. But even still, like I could give you a Joel lineup. Taylor. I can give you a lineup of 10 people and you probably couldn't pick Paul Thomas Anderson out of yeah, that lineup. Yeah, because he's a funny looking guy. No, he's not really. He's he kind is. of a normal looking dude. Yeah, a little sh- snippy. Not really. But you, but you know what I mean? Like, you, like I'd be able to live my life and be, you know. Not if you were Quentin Tarantino. But that's different. Why? Well, number one, he's a director. 
so they have a little oh, bit more of a high profile. Guy. But also number two, number two, Quentin Tarantino very much puts himself out there. No, it's hard. What? He doesn't write his own parts in his movies. Uh, what? So I think that's part of it. And this movie does a good job he of. He doesn't write a part for himself where he says the N word every other word. What? There's. So yes, yes. But in this, you have the drummer for Metallica, <laughs> you know. You know, around a lot. You have, um, what's another example? Fucking uh, Paul Krugman, who is, you know, notable for, you know, his take on, I think he's, you know, a finance expert or or whatnot. Mm -hmm. You know, being told that, you know, somebody's mom likes his shit. You know, like, it's it's got certain things in it that make it, that that are different from forgetting Sarah Marshall, because I don't think there's any legitimate celebrities in that movie besides the ones that are, you know, in the fake TV shows. This one still has it. This one has fucking Rick Schroeder when Rick Schroeder wasn't another Trump nut pot like he is now. Um, in a nice little callback to Sarah Marshall now being in a blind medicine show. So funny. Um, I do wish there was a little bit more. They also can go back to Hocus Pocus too. another late in the game spoiler but a lot of people oh, I think yeah. knew that from the articles besides Billy there are no fucking like everyone knew there wasn't going to be but there's there's none of it none of the, none of them come back there is one no that's weird Th- that's the other weird one that I was talking are you talking about the the, the, the movie in the movie, movie with the movie okay yeah yeah that, that's very very weird I mean I, I, I it can very easily be explained but it's just fucking pointless no. There is also a very, very, very passing reference to Ernie and Jay. But that's it. Um, and they tried to do one character that encapsulated both of them. And he fucking sucked. Uh, ice! That, no, it wasn't even fucking ice. Uh, don't you dare besmirch ice with whoever the fuck that guy was. But let's get back to get him into the Greek. Um, we'll start speaking of sucking and performances. Let's get into MVP and LVP because we may have a debate here. Um, let's start with MVP because we, we've been gushing about Diddy this entire podcast and he is on my list. He's on mine too. I think we have to have Russell Brand on the list. I also have Russell Brand on the list as well. See, he adds depth to the character. He does the same as before. He, he has to be more outwardly funny at times. And I think he still does a good job. Like he has... I don't know why I love when uh, he's talking to Jackie on the phone and he's talking to her vagina, but then like Lars gets involved and he pretends to be Jackie's mom and he's like, I always imagine you marrying a front man. Like, it's just very funny to me when he does stuff like that. My MVP for this movie, though, is Jonah Hill. Really? I think that he in this movie has three or five moments that are literally goat level comedy in, in this era. Like, he holds this movie together so well because he is the straight man for all intents and purposes in yeah. every scene. He's the straight man to Russell Brand. He's the straight man to Diddy. He's the straight man getting a dildo swabbed in his face. And when you can be a straight man and still elicit the amount of laughs that he does just from uh, 
And, and he's not purely a straight man because he's he has a puking. Dick in his face. He's yeah, he's puking. He's getting uh, sodomized in the face with a dildo. He's t- taking adrenaline shots. He's doing a lot. He's I got to see Jonah Hill's butt, which I'll never forget. Um, there's a lot happening, and he executes it all effortlessly to me. I don't remember. This came out in 2011 or 2012? 2010. 2010. So this is before Moneyball, too. So he's very much on the precipice of, like, a breakthrough of, you know. Moneyball, Wolf of Wall Street. like these. Well, and also this is before 21 Jump Street, 22 Jump mm-hmm. Street, when, like, he's also a leading comedic man. This started his, like, leading comedic man. And this is different than him, you know, kind of being, like, the super bad. Like, the fat friend. Yeah, like, he's. That's kind of what he was pigeonholed as. And he, like, this helped him break out of that because it wasn't about that at all. Yeah, no. Like, in those movies, it's kind of. Kind of is about that. So if we're looking at value, of course Russell Brand is valuable in that he has the eldest Snow character. Right, um, but like we said, like no one else could have done this. No one else could have done that. But I honestly don't think who else could have done the Jonah Hill part in this and been as successful and had the chemistry. Because honestly, their relationship is really underdeveloped too. They never really have that dialogue with one another it's all shown through like partying montages of how they like come together they immediately are are adversarial in that awkward scene where he goes to pick him up and he's like oh you moved the date up and then keep trying to get him to you know leave and go to the show yeah that's really it so the fact that they are you know you feel something when jonah still goes to you know make sure he doesn't jump off the roof and ends up you know Becoming a collaborator and trying to stick up for him and not have him go on stage. I put a lot of that on Jonah Hill's performance. As great as Diddy is, Diddy is is funny and great in this movie because you bring into it the knowledge and baggage of who he is and what's happening. And that you could have done that I with somebody else. Statement. So that that's why I, I I tend to go a lean okay. Jonah Hill on this. I'll give it to you. Okay. So Jonah Hill is the MVP of Get Him to the Greek. I mean, there really is no wrong choice between any of the three, honestly. Um, I do believe that puts Jonah Hill on our uh, both list. Because I do believe he was a previous LVP for some voice acting that he did. I don't believe he has another MVP. I don't think he has a previous MVP. Correct, so it's his first MVP, and he is a former LVP. Yep, yep, so Jonah Hill's going to go on that list at the end of the day. So congratulations to you. Uh, LVP. I have a couple. It's it's it's, it's hard. I, I will say who it's not. Rose Burns is great in this. She's great. I mean, she's always great in anything she does. Um, I always I already mentioned I like Cole Meany, the, um, the dad. Uh... Elizabeth Moss, it's not her because her performance is still good. For what she had. For what yeah. she had to do, yeah. Um, so it's going to be a bit player. It's going to be somebody that's not in it that much. Do you have anybody? No. So I have two. Uh, my first is Aziz Ansari because he's just Aziz Ansari. Yeah, he's, he's just he's, himself. Nick Kroll, too. Nick Kroll is definitely up there as well. Like Both of them are just... Could you imagine if Nick Kroll had done this as Gunter the Pig? Shut up. Yes, I can, actually. Ooh, chocolate daddy! 
that was that good? I felt like that was better than it should have been. It was very good. Shit. You've uh, got a great Gunter impression. Put that on my resume. Uh, my actual LVP, LVP is Lars Ulrich because <laughs> he's That's pretty bad. He's, he's pretty so bad. bad. He's and like he's I, just himself. I can tell it's not purposeful. I can tell he's it's trying just to be funny. Yeah, like he's trying like uh, what's the line he has where he's like, uh, "Oh, your mom said like a Monty Python sketch." It's just like they fed him that line. And he had no way of doing it realistically. And then when he comes back later, and it's just like, uh, uh, Naples is waiting for us, hon. You know, we should really go. It's just like, you couldn't, you couldn't have just. These movies have a bad knack for that. Uh, Funny People does the same thing with Billy Joe Armstrong from Green Day. Fucking, uh, what's another one I'm thinking of? There's another one. Oh, Knocked Up does it with fucking Ryan Seacrest and uh, some, some of the actors in that. They can't help giving real celebrities themselves to play in a movie and expecting it to be funny because ha, and it's just not. So, yeah. And also, fuck you. You fucked up Napster. So, so, Lars Ulrich is the LVP of Get Into the Greek. Um, yeah. I think. Let's wrap on that. Anything else? No, I think we covered it. We didn't cover? I mean, look at my notes, which I've been trying to do. Bobby Cannavale and Rose Byrne are together? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. They got two kids together. Give it time. You go, Bobby Cannavale. They've been together for 10 years. Give it time. Do they meet on Spy? I don't know. They must have, I guess. That has to be where they... I mean... That's around 10 years ago. They were both in everything. Yeah, I mean, they're they still... They still are both in a lot of things. Yeah. I just don't get him. I don't know. I just don't get him at all. Uh, anything else? I'm getting to the Greek. I think we covered it. Awesome. Well, let's score it and wrap this mother up so I can get it up and posted. Uh, you want me to score first or you want to score first? You can go ahead and score it first. Hilarious. It's great. Uh, it's a, a good spin-off of established characters in an established world with its own little uniqueness to it. Th- there are some things that, you know, are either problematic or not as strong or as tight as Forget Each Marshall, even though there are a couple moments, like I talked about throughout the movie, that I think are, are funnier. I don't think it's a better movie, though. I'm going to give it a nine. Oh, okay, great. I was giving this movie an eight and a half, and I thought I was high. No, no, I'm going to give it a nine. It's, I, 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 I love this movie. I think it's great. It just always makes me laugh. There, You know, it's, it's, it's just great. It's just a feel-good time, and I just think it's so funny. And we've never seen uh, Russell Brand again. So I think we, we minorly touched on it in Forgetting Sarah Marshall. This was it in terms of him not him because then he did hop and then he did despicable me and then arthur i think was really it where it's like oh you're just gonna do this forever aren't you like the the like the drunk famous rich british guy who's kind of quippy and now like he has a a youtube channel where he's like anti-vax and like spewing his nonsense but like he does his characters, but like he actually kind of thinks it and feels it, and it's on the wrong side of the line you want to be on. 
Yeah. Does that does that make sense? It does. And it then he's also sucks. like he was like a serious actor in Death on the Nile. Um like, yeah, it's a weird turn. Was he and you figure here also, this is his apex because This is definitely his apex. Well, life. he's also was married to Katie fucking Perry here. Yeah. And then she left him for no. Orlando Bloom. He divorced her. Why? I don't know. I mean, there are rumors that she was probably already with Orlando Bloom when they were together. That might have been part of it. But um, I just schedule and work and strife. Sure. He he. There was no prenup, and he was entitled to half, and he refused it. Wow. So give him give him some credit for you know I being get- a man. Also give him some credit for being a fucking moron. <sighs> if you're if you were Katy Perry, I'm I'm taking my half. Uh, the law is the if law. If I was Katy Perry, I'd make you sign a prenup. If you, were, if you were Katy Perry, we'd be having sex upstairs right now. <laughs> 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 we'll be, we'll be wasting time with a podcast. <laughs> you kidding me? Uh, next week, we're going to talk about video drum. No, I'm going to bounce you. <laughs> California girls. Also, my daughter will be thrilled. She loves Katy Perry. She does. She loves that song, Firework. I wish I could sing it. Um... Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Married <laughs> Movies. We encourage you, as always, check us out, arcadeaudio.net for this podcast and the others on our network of shows. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Next week, uh, we will resume your regularly scheduled Halloween month for Married Movies with my pick, Videodrome. And then we're going to wrap up the month with the live action and the animated Adams Family movies. And then I have finally located Blood Money. Uh, and it's in Blu-ray, too, so the quality is going to be great. Uh, the Gordon Liu Pitbull direct-to-DVD kung fu movie, Blood Money. Uh, which will be followed up by the Stingray pissing movie, The Paperboy. <laughs> it's going to be a weird Wild October ride. and an even worse November. Uh, uh Facebook.com slash Married Movies at Mary W Movies on Twitter, Married Movies at gmail.com, unless you think of the show. Uh, of course, the Architecto Network of Podcasts also has the blank slate that we are currently on with some of the draft episodes we're doing. Patreon.com slash Audio for the Married with uh, Podswoggle episodes, which I swear I'm going to edit at some point for your viewing, uh, for your listening pleasure, I should say. At your host, small 38 on Instagram for you. At Jam with your Sam. This weekend, if you're in the Orlando area, the Wyndham on iDrive, the Orlando Toy Con. Samantha and I will have a table there. Uh, it's nine Come to buy our stuff. Nine to six Saturday, nine to four Sunday. Please, I I'm gonna be by Sunday at like noon. Just I'm just gonna be like three for a dollar, and it's gonna be like two hundred dollar Funko. Yeah, I no, no, it, we're not gonna do that. Get it out of my house. Also, the weekend after that, if you're in the Claremont area. Come by our house and uh, see it and also uh, buy some other stuff because we have a garage sale. It'll be a lot of fun. Two weeks of us getting rid of our Two stuff. weeks of sales. And arcadeo.net slash podbloggle for my retro wrestling diary this week is the eighth uh, flurry, the eighth recap. Um, and then next week will be the first ECW pay-per-view, barely wow. legal, 97 uh, You're still in 1987. I told you, I'm be 97. I'm in April of 97. You're there, there are now there slow. are two pay per views every month minimum, and then there are now three pay per views uh, every three months. Oh wow! Yeah, so it's 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 gonna be this way for a while. Anything else? No. 
I think we covered everything. For Mullet. This is Mullet. Signing out for this week's episode of Married with Movies. We'll catch you next time on our couch. Slash the movies. How are you more awake now? No, no, no. I've I've been asleep for 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm legitimately going to fall asleep right when you hit stop on that. I wish you were Katy Perry. So do I. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at ArcadeAudio.net.